Hey everybody, it's Microphones of Madness. I'm Rodney, and over there is Earth 2 Steve. Yes. That's the you could tell by the gray hair. The, the gray hair. <laughs> and the uh, bad back. S T E E hyphen V. With a PH. Oh, it's a PH. Steve. Steve. Stephen P with a PH. Yeah. And we are continuing our look at the mega event known as Crisis on Infinite Earths by talking about the CW television Arrowverse adaptation. There will be spoilers. So if you haven't seen it yet, go watch it now. It's all streaming on the app. Yeah, it'll be up there forever, too. Uh, pretty much. And then uh, you can get back to us and, and talk over the show. And now that all the people who haven't seen it are out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> Their mothers never love them. Oh, man. You got to insult all the people that had to leave the room to go watch Crisis. Yeah, but when they watch it and they come back, then their moms will love them again. All right, so so basic information uh, it is Crisis on Infinite Earths on television is the annual Arrowverse crossover. Uh, it consists of five ep episodes: uh, Supergirl, Batwoman, Flash, Arrow, and Legends of Tomorrow. The main five series. Uh, Got a beef with that? What's that? That Black Lightning is considered? With, yeah, yeah, man. Jefferson Pierce got the short end of the stick. Hey, he did, he did, but uh, the little bit of time he had was was great. Yeah, I guess, but because like, stress I, the little bit of time, right? But I like the Black Lightning series. Uh, that woman got more time last year, and she didn't even have a series. This is the third season of Black Lightning, and he gets a, like a combined total of what ten minutes of screen time, if that. Yeah, but he got to go directly from first appearance in a crossover to member of the founding member of the Arrowverse Justice League. I mean, yeah. yeah. So, so he's like, boom, what, boom. What an instantaneous honor. promotion. What an honor as a presence. <laughs> Sorry, it's just like that, that really bugged me that, you know, his show wasn't included in it. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's been affected by it. Right. But his show was not included and nobody knew who the fuck he was, even though in his show, <clears throat> he was like a hero for a while, 10 years ago, and then made a comeback. Right. So, yeah, I think they know who he was, but they don't. They didn't even they didn't even bother giving his Earth a designation. Yeah, we so. never saw Black Lightning's Earth. Pariah went to get him. Now, one of the 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 main things is is that this did not, as we were just talking about Black Lightning, uh, we mentioned that the comic made a concerted effort to include every fucking character on the roster at DC Comics at the time, except for John Constantine. No, he got he got, <laughs> he one, got panel. one panel. He got the one pin. He got less less screen time than Jefferson Pierce does. That's right. Actually, even in the show, he got less screen time than Jefferson Pierce. He was in uh, two scenes, and in one of them, he got choked out. <laughs> um. 
so yeah, we have a smaller cast of characters to deal with, and you know, first off, they start out with the the joke of uh, the Legends of Tomorrow characters sitting out the crossover uh, because Sarah Lance promised that they didn't have to take part anymore <laughs> after the Nazi one, and that's that's probably a good way to that it, it you know it's a little bit of humor. But it's also a little bit of a, a meta joke as to, you know, why the legends get... Because they are kind of the bastard stepchild of the Arrowverse, even though they're probably the best show. Yeah, they definitely are. I, I have to disagree with your buddy, John. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it's not for everybody. Um, so the the main story beats of Crisis are there. The Monitor... Harbinger, Pariah, uh, the antimatter wave destroying all the Earths. Uh, you know, battle. You, everybody getting together to battle the anti-monitor at the beginning of time, and yep. then a final confrontation with the anti-monitor. They change a few locations around. They change a few character roles around. Yeah, I think they did a really good job. With uh, adapting that thing to the limited amount of continuity mm-hmm. in the Arrowverse. Right. And incorporating pretty much every on screen appearance of a DC uh, character. Right. Into, into the story. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, they started including... The Legends episode, of course, had more Legends characters than the rest of the series. Um, but it, it is kind of interesting because they managed to order the episodes really in how the show is... Each individual show is toned. Uh, for example, Supergirl has a lot of personal story elements but they're usually facing these large consequence events. Um, Batwoman, very character-driven show. And then Flash is kind of somewhere in the middle. And those being the first three episodes. So they started off the story arc with the big sweeping event. The antimatter wave is coming toward Earth-38. And Supergirl and Superman and and the DEO are all trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, we have a really kind of heartwarming-ish scene where Superman is changing John Kent's diaper. And they're really kind of like taking that Earth-3 Luthor approach with that whole sequence. But then, then they get sucked in. The, the Harbinger comes and rescues Superman and Lois at the last second. Because, you know, he's needed. Right. Yeah, so plot-wise, I mean, really, it is the same story. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's a need to go over the plot again. Right. Because we went over the plot last time. And if you don't know what the plot is, go listen to last week's episode, and that's the plot. Right, that's the plot of Crisis. (laughs) That's what happens in Crisis. This, though, was, like you said, they, they took the tone of each show and adapted their little section to it. 
mm. uh, to create a really, I think, probably a, a better story. Yeah, more concise for sure. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, and it was, it ended up being like the last hurrah for Oliver Queen, being that Arrow is in its final season. There's only two episodes left now. Uh, one of them is the, the backdoor pilot for Green Arrow and the Canaries. But, uh, yeah, and, and it seems like that, the, the death of Oliver Queen, and that's a big spoiler, not really, because, no, you kind of knew it was going to happen. If you watch um, Arrow. Right. And you watched Elseworlds last year. It's been pretty much saying that that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, the big surprise, and you, you kind of knew that it wasn't going to happen uh, because the show's still continuing, was uh, The Flash. And right. because all throughout um, last year and this year, season of Flash, we've been told that crisis is coming and Flash disappears during crisis and Monitor says Flash is going to die during the crisis. And you've been, you've been building up to this and th- this whole past season is kind of um, Barry passing the torch on mm-hmm. so that, you know, there can continue to be Team Flash without Flash. Right, right, exactly. I mean, the the entire first half of the sixth season or fifth season is uh, Barry Allen uh, really coming to terms with, you know, knowing that he's going to die. And it's paralleled in Arrow because Oliver knows what his final fate is because he made a deal with the Monitor. And the Monitor is kind of using him in that kind of, early harbinger role you know to do certain things that he needs to do to set things up and move get all the pieces in place right and they, they kind of this this past season of arrow has kind of been like a retrospective mm-hmm. of um all the previous seasons of arrow right so, which so the, which i'm kind of behind on the main thrust of the seasons, you know, bits and pieces. Cause I mean, I just want to get right to crisis and take that in and then go back and watch the lead up. But, uh, yeah, it, it has. I remember they did, uh, the one episode that was a retelling of the pilot episode. Yeah. And, on and that's, Earth too. That's more or less what this has been. It's, it's more, it's Oliver confronting his past and it's, it's a really nice way of them saying goodbye. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know it, it's canceled, and I think the way they they handled it in Arrow and the way they're handling it in Crisis is really really good. It's not like over the top schmaltzy, right? Uh, you know, it's just enough um, to sometimes when you're watching it get a little little bit of a uh, theater dust in your eye, but right. not over the t- not a lot. Um, and throughout the whole, and I don't. Really, I really haven't liked Arrow for the past few seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, I think, is a really nice way to go out. Right, right. Much better than, than last season. <laughs> the, yeah. the last season wasn't the end. <laughs> um, and, then, and then have his death mean something mm-hmm. in Crisis uh, makes it even better. Right, right. And, and it really does seem that... Uh... His death is really going to echo hard, particularly for two characters in the Arrowverse. One of them being the Flash, of course, uh, being that they were kind of the Batman Superman for the early seasons 
of of those shows and they have a real strong dynamic being kind of opposing personalities but also really kind of like really ironclad uh partners right well do you trust me with every cell of my being and you know no hesitation really yeah um and then the other being John Diggle. Right. No, well, the, okay, then the third. Uh, because Sarah Lance, Oliver, you know, she, she mentions in one of the later episodes that uh, Oliver was like her one connection to who she was. And now right. she has like, her past is, that's it. Her past is nothing well, but memories now. Well, I guess, yeah, because she's going to continue on with Legends of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Whereas, uh, is John Diggle going to be involved in uh, Green Arrow and the Canaries? I I really don't know where uh, that actor is going to be. Uh, I know that the the young lady that plays Felicity, uh, she ended up, I guess, getting written out early. Yeah, she hasn't been in in any of the episodes. Mm-hmm. They and refer then, to her, right? Um, and she was on. I think it was last season, though, where she w- appeared in some of the future. Yeah, some of the future flash forwards. Um, but I don't think she's appeared this season yet. And I think, like, the Pardon. end of last season of Arrow, she went somewhere with the monitor where she can't return. So they kind of basically, when they said that Stephen Amell wasn't renewing his contract, she quit, basically. Well,. No, because they keep on mentioning her. Um, we'll have to. Felicity told me this. There's a couple of parts in Crisis where her name is dropped. Right. That she that she provided this information. Right, and yeah, she she kind of she's kind of there, but not really there. And um, one of the things that Oliver says to Mia before she before he dies is that uh, that Mia needs to find her mother. So that's probably going forward. That's probably like one of the big arcs of Green Arrow and the Canaries is going to be Mia searching for her mother for Felicity mm. for trying to piece that together. Um, and but that show is going to take place in the twenty forty, the whatever the new twenty forty timeline is for for the Arrowverse, right? Uh, yeah. One of the the other thing. Now let's let's talk about Sarah Lance a little bit more, because okay. because she went from on on Legends of Tomorrow she went from being kind of like you know this almost a thug to being second in command of the Legends under Rip Hunter to being the captain of the Wave Rider to being like now after after Crisis Sarah Lance stands as tall as the main heroes of the other shows. So she's had this huge growth over the course of her appearances, going from nobody to a major player in Crisis on Infinite Earths. And she comes out of it with this almost uh, Wonder Woman analog kind of stature, which I thought was really good for for Sarah Lance coming, coming out of it, because now she's like, she's really grown into the role of a leader and and a hero. And you don't get to see that much with with a lot of superhero stuff. 
Uh, Flash kind of, you know, Flash, you saw that kind of thing. You see it with all of them. All of them go uh, on that kind of arc, that trajectory that takes them from being, you know, kind of like just starting out to being a full-fledged hero. And I think Sarah's really has taken five years. More if you count um, her appearances on Arrow. Her appearances on Arrow. I mean, where she really started as Oliver's girlfriend. The the girl in the refrigerator, more or less. Mm -hmm. Actually, she wasn't even Oliver's girlfriend. She was like Oliver's side piece because Laurel was the girlfriend at the time. Her sister was a girlfriend. Yeah. So so she she went from. Yeah, she went from Oliver's side piece girlfriend, presumed dead, sister of one of the other main characters to being the leader of the legends in a full fledged hero. So that's, that's huge. Founding member of the justice league and a founding member of the, whatever they're going to call the justice league on here, because I don't think they can actually use the term. And then, yeah. Then you have Diggle who Diggle's big problem was, is he wasn't allowed to be in the crossover (laughs) really? Because, I mean, there's not much Spartan can do. Well, I mean, he was there. Yeah, he was there, but he was kind of there in more kind of a moral support role to go. Yes, Oliver, you can do. You're my brother. You're my brother. I wasn't there. Yeah. And, you know, so so we're going to see that affecting him, you know, as time goes on. Probably as time goes on for two episodes for two episodes. (laughs) And if, you know, whatever we see of him in the future. Who knows? They might shift cast around since uh, all the the main shows, Lightning, uh, Flash, uh, Legend, Supergirl, Batwoman, all on the same Earth now. Yeah, and, and that, and it's funny because like really, what they had three Earths that had shows on them. Yeah. Um, it wasn't like a sprawling mess. Well, let's see. Three, yeah, three Earths counting Black Lightning's Earth. You had Earth 38, which was Supergirl. You had Earth 1, which was the main, which had Arrow, Legends, and a Flash. And then, and so you had three main Earths. So it wasn't a sprawling mess that needed to be consolidated. No. Which, which is why I think they brought in all these other tv cameos from from other series yeah uh, because it wasn't a sprawling mess and it didn't need to be done right but you had to have the illusion that it needed to be done so why not make it all one well none of those other shows are current right <laughs> right so, there was no there was no uh nothing no lost tears to lost have, to see to have batman um you know burt ward burt ward and Right, and, go. Uh, Adam West Batman now be part of this universe right. because that show hasn't been on the air since 1968. Right, <laughs> right, and and Adam West was dead for a couple of years. Yeah, and and really that's kind of the thing that uh, that got me is that they didn't figure out a way to work in some kind of like you know in memoriam to Adam West into Crisis, but uh, or or Christopher Reed. Or Christopher Reeve. Well, they did kind of do the shout out to Christopher Reeve. Well, they used Brandon Roth. Right. Well, Brandon Roth. Uh, because basically, he was yeah the same character mm-hmm. in his in his um thing. But I mean, still, you know, that's Brandon Roth, not 
Chris, Christopher. Right, right. Now, speaking of Brandon Routh, I thought it was great seeing him as Superman again. I, you know, Superman Returns was a was a shitty movie with a great Superman. <laughs> yeah, I kind of, you know, he has grown on me as the Adam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I really and, enjoyed. And I was, I was a little scared to be honest with you for him to when they. When well, when they brought in um, what's his name as the at what's his name uh, who becomes the Adam in the comics Ryan Choi, Ryan Choi. Mm-hmm. I was a little scared that he was going to become the Adam and they were going to shift uh, Brandon Roth over to Superman and have him incorporated into it as right. Superman. Him taking uh, Tyler Hecklin's place as Supergirl's Earth yeah. Superman. Right. Yeah, I'm but glad that didn't happen. But from what I understand, Brandon Routh is going to be leaving Legends of Tomorrow. This, which is one of the reasons why they introduced Ryan Choi. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, but that doesn't, you know, all these characters are leaving, but they still, you know, leave. they're leaving a lot open for these actors to be able to return to do cameos and crossovers again. Voices of AIs on on um, Wave Riders. Yes, yes. Um <laughs> Now, yeah, one of the the big news, if you want to call entertainment news news, was the fact that all the cro- all these crossovers happened. We mentioned in the comic books that there's usually some type of flash to another universe, and we see it die, and you know we get to see certain other characters. Um, the CW did the same thing; they went back through some of the back catalog of old uh, DC related shows. And had their Earth destroyed in the crisis. Right. Uh, we mentioned Burt Ward. Uh, Robert Wall did a Batman 89 cameo. Yeah. Uh, we had uh, the, the young lady who played Huntress on the Birds of Prey series mm-hmm. in a brief cameo. You had some Doom Patrol. You had some um, yeah, Titans. Titans. Yeah. Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing. From the, from well, that's, the... Yeah, that shows up toward the end, and we'll talk about that in just a second. But, um, yeah, you had a lot of the older TV shows. And, and a few TV shows did not make it, one of them being Gotham. Was not included in the, in the crossover. It's too bad. Um, that was sarcasm. Right. Human Target was not included. Again, sarcasm. Right, and uh, we never we never saw Krypton mentioned the the Krypton series, and I guess uh, that's yeah. in the past, <laughs> so it can be you could say that that's the Supergirl timeline, or or the, the timeline for either Tyler Hecklin's Superman or you know any other Superman character right. going forward is that's Krypton, and that happens in every universe. Right. Well, you could say that it's the same thing for Gotham, really. Yeah, yeah, that that's kind of all there. Um, now, one of the big cameos. So what, actually, what you're saying is they just took like the crappy ones and didn't didn't include them. Uh, yeah, there might have been kind of a commentary on uh, why those shows weren't included, and they included stuff like Birds of Prey. <laughs> yeah. a, shout, a shout out to a, se- a show that lasted one season. And was not well received. <laughs> that show would have been much better if they like dressed up. Uh, yeah, but but it did have Barbara Gordon, 
And she was played by, uh, I forget the actress's name, but she played Diz in uh, Star Trek Troopers. Uh, right on. So, yeah. Which was, that was a lot of, that was, that was it's, it's a fun show, but it's kind of dumb as well. And it's supposed to be, I think, the, uh, the it was supposed to have been a continuation of the 89 universe, really. But, uh, yeah, they, they did not try to sh- shoehorn in Challengers of the Unknown or <laughs> Cave Carson <laughs> like they did in the comics. Or oh, we did get Lucifer, though. We did get a brief cameo of Lucifer, uh, which was great. And it really kind of set up as like, okay, what exactly happened there? And that was one of the few cameos where you were kind of left you wondering. You know what did uh, what did John Constantine, well, Earth One John Constantine, do for Earth Six Sixty Six Lucifer <laughs> that that enabled him to uh, that owed that Lucifer owed John Constantine a favor? Yeah. Well, maybe we'll find out someday. Yeah. Uh, apparently, both actors are down with doing a Lucifer and John Constantine. Story that would be arc. great. That would be fun and great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the thing is, with all these cameos, they kind of opened up just like the possibilities mm-hmm. that can go on now. Because I'm, I'm assuming that the redundants are gone. Right. In, that, in, that the Smallville universe, Clark gave up his powers and lived yeah. happily ever and after. I'm assuming like duplicates are gone. There's one Superman. One Batwoman, one Batman who is off camera all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one Flash now. Mm-hmm. But there is no Lucifer. Right. <laughs> in, but, in the in the Arrowverse continuity. Right. And you know, there are there are some Cosmic cool beings. combinations. Yeah, there's some cool combinations. The Flash I mean, they gave a shout out to fucking Green Lantern. Right. <laughs> To the shitty movie that no one likes. Well, they're doing a Green Lantern Corps series on HBO Max when it launches. So I think they were trying to tie that in, but there's no footage now. So <laughs> so they, they had to throw I, in something I, I love, Green Lantern related. I love Green Lantern. Right. <laughs> and I would I would kill to have John Diggle change his name to, to Stuart. Stuart. And become Green Lantern. Because, <laughs> they, I mean, they've hinted that before. Um. All right, who would be your pick for Guy Gardner? Uh, what's his name? That guy from Lost. Uh, yeah, I don't know which one that is. Um, hold on. He's a comedian, kind of. Dennis Leary? Yes. I'd have Dennis Leary play Guy Gardner. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that happening. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. Hmm. There you you just want to punch him in the face. Yep. You want to punch him in the face and you can have Ruby Rose do it. Yep. <laughs> so there you go. Next crossover, CW. Let's have Ruby Rose punch Dennis Leary in the face and knock him out. Yes. <laughs> um, now, one of the running gags that I really enjoyed was how Lois Lane kind of like got all googly eyed over every version of Superman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was pretty funny. 
Poor Clark. Especially, you're right, because because her Clark is like right there with her the whole time, and especially Brandon Routh's version, because right. they played they played that music cue from Superman the movie, right. the uh, the what is it? Can you can you read my mind? Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> and yeah, you know, when they met, and it's just like, oh, that's so awesome, but it's also so funny because uh, Clark's just like, hey. I'm right here. Right over here. Nice glasses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they had some like really cool gags. The, the, the thing where uh, Superman fights himself mm-hmm. and, and Brandon Routh, Superman's like, that wasn't the first time I've turned evil. Yeah, this is, myself. you know, <laughs> this is the second time I've gone crazy and fought myself. And he, he like, he really has that um christopher reeve superman down Mm -hmm. like that really like over earnest yeah attitude he just has it nailed down yeah and the clark and his clark is very christopher reeve yeah uh there there were a couple seconds there where if you closed your eyes you would you could easily imagine that it that's christopher reeve standing there doing clark kent because right. he he really does a good job at uh, mimicking those mannerisms, and that's one of the reasons why I say he was a great Superman in a shitty movie. Yeah. Because he did he really he really studied Christopher Reeve to pull off being Superman. Um, I also like the scene where they brought him back, and out of costume, you know, he's Bray Palmer's docu- doppelganger. And and Supergirl comes in and goes, "Wow, Ray, you got really jacked." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they had like Supergirl was kind of like a little, a little uh, more um, extroverted, I guess, than yeah. she normally is. Well, I, I was talking to Mia about this in the car, and it really seems like during the crossover. Right when Kara gets to interact with Barry, that her character demeanor kind of changes. She's a lot more lighthearted when she's around Barry. And if it and Mia said that if it wasn't for Iris and Barry being married, she would definitely be shipping Flash and Supergirl. See, I think that it was because they had her paired a lot with Batwoman. And I think they had a contrast um, their attitudes more. So they had to make Kara had to be a lot more gregarious mm-hmm. and outgoing than she normally is because uh, Batwoman's supposed to have, you know, the, the um, broody, the, the dour brooding is supposed to be her shtick. So they had right. to lighten the girl up a little bit more, right? But they, but they even lightened and up Ruby Rose she, a little bit too, and she became she more of a snarker, the paragon of hope. Yeah, she was the paragon of hope. And now, speaking of Batwoman, all right, it is now confirmed that the Bruce Wayne Batman of the Arrowverse is Kevin Conroy, since. The bat, the future bat paragon of courage they thought he was, was on a different earth. 
but it was Kevin Conroy, and they instantly and they rec- recognized each other. Right, they recognized each other. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, you figure that's what's going on, and that is kind of the um, like an amalgamation of the Frank Miller Dark Knight mm-hmm. and the uh, Kingdom Come Batman. Right, right. But it was really nice having him on, just just for maybe that that little bit of a cameo he had. And he did the voice coming down the he stairs. Does his, he does his old man Bruce. Right. He does He does <laughs> kind of a Batman Beyond. I was expecting Terry McGinnis to come out. Right. But, um. Yeah, but that was one of the things, though, is like they, they show up, you know, Supergirl, you know, Batwoman knocks on the door and uh, her version of Fox or the that Earth's version of Fox opens the door. And he's like, nah, get out of here. Closes the door. And then she starts knocking and knocking <laughs> and knocking. Not like, I'm just wearing like an open Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. All, <laughs> he's all cut he's up. Like... <laughs> and, and, and Supergirl is like, they they have a little moment. Because right. the and, chemistry and between... Supergirl again is mm-hmm. just like... <laughs> right. Because the chemistry between Ruby Rose and Melissa Benoist is, is really good. She we really mentioned that it. during Elseworlds. She really misses Monel, I guess. Yeah. And then she's like, boyfriend? Or first off, she's like, villain on your earth? No. Boyfriend? It's like, no, that's weird. Let's just not get into that. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, she's beating on the door, trying to get in, and Supergirl's like, uh, <clears throat> can I try? Yeah. <laughs> punch <laughs> no she kicked the door and it just both doors just fell in and then you hear you hear the mechanical whirring noises and he's like it's not kind to deny our guests and he's like oh shit it's batman <laughs> coming down the stairs yeah and that just reminds you just how much kevin conroy is fucking batman mm-hmm. yep it, it is. It was. It was great to see him, and it was kind of great to see him. You know, he is kind of the the iconic Batman that a lot of people know uh, by voice alone. The first actor to actually give Batman two voices, and and probably the best two voice Batman since everybody else is just like a Batman. You know, you. He, gives Batman another voice and still has diction. <laughs> but seeing seeing him play that role and being the angry and bitter and defeated Batman was was kind of a nice nice turn. Yeah. Yeah. I think they did justice to to that to what you know, what the modern Batman kind of would would become, right? Yeah, a bitter old fucking exoskeleton who you mm-hmm. want to who you want to just punch in the face, right? And and you kind of like <laughs> it's like you killed it. He killed this Earth Superman. He's like, who do you think put him in that exoskeleton? <laughs> so you know that was a big ass fight. And that that's a lot of stuff that you didn't even have to have that happen on camera. But the way it's portrayed, you really kind of get the 
the impact of it. Right. Well, you get you get some closure to to some of these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the yeah. Smallville scene was closure. Yeah, well, once when, when stuff gets canceled, mm-hmm. I wasn't a big Smallville fan. Uh, but right. when when shows like this get canceled, not every uh, showrunner or is going to have the wherewithal to tie the story together at the end of it. And sometimes they don't even get a chance. It just gets canceled. Right. You know, not even at the end of the season, it gets canceled like mid season. And right. so, it just leaves so you, it hanging open. Right. So you don't have a lot of resolution. And uh, for I think for a lot of these um, Elseworlds was able to, you know, kind of tie it up a little bit mm-hmm. and, and give you like a nice, this is how it ends for this character. Right. Um, I know what they did for 90s Flash, definitely. Yes, that that was like, they 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 adapted that scene almost directly from the comic, and it was, you know, the culmination of that that plot line of the Flash dies in crisis, and we realize that '90s Flash is there, uh, powering the antimatter cannon, right? Which probably means that's the last we're going to see of um of John Wesley's ship. Well, I'll talk about that when we talk about the the uh, closing episode cameos in just a second. Um, yeah, so you had that, and you had that almost directly out of the comic book ending for that version of Barry Allen. And you kind of got that closure, too, as the last time we saw that Flash, his Earth had been completely destroyed uh, by the Monitor's test. Right. And so, yeah. It was interesting, and and the fact that you know Barry Grant Gustin Barry Allen uh, took it amongst himself is like you know all the other characters are wondering why he's like seems like he's so close to that this alternate Flash that he's only met a little bit, and it's you know and he turns around and he's like because he looks identical to my father, right? You know. So that that was kind of that, and they had their like bro bro moment, and then that flat the '90s Flash stole Barry's speed. <laughs> and and fucked up the antimatter generating machine, right? And in saved. typical Flash style, by running the opposite direction, right? Uh, yeah, and and it was you know it was the same result as in the comic book. It. Mm-hmm. it Delayed the end. Right. It delayed the end, but we lost the Flash. Right. Uh, and yeah, that was that was like one of the iconic moments that you had to have because you couldn't have Death of Supergirl. Um, simply because... Oh, you could have, but the, but the show continues to go on. Right, right. And there's no, there's no Power Girl. Mm-hmm. To kind of take over. Place. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, you kind of know that the principals from their respective shows are not going anywhere, except for Ollie, because right. the show was canceled. Right. So you have to you have to have that same amount of drama. And, you know, with The Flash, well, J- John Wesley Ship has been showing up as different characters mm-hmm. on the show, including uh, that version of The Flash, as well as Jake Garrick. Mm hmm. 
Um, so it was maybe not as much impact as if as if Grant Gustin's Flash had died, right? Had sacrificed himself, but still, it's you know it's it's a character that everyone knows, and right. there is consequences. Right. It's kind of like uh, when H.R. Wells died in, I think it was season three of The Flash. It's like, okay, you only know the character for for the season, but he's played by an actor who's been in the show as one version of a character or another since the beginning of the series. Right. So it's like, you know, he died, that character dies, but it's a familiar face. And I think having John Wesley Shipp being the Barry Allen that dies in Crisis you know, was, was, you know, impactful because he's still a familiar face because he's played a major role on that show, both as Barry's dad. So now we've seen him die twice. Uh, maybe more. (laughs) Maybe more. It might've been more. Right. But we know we, he died as Barry's dad. We know he died as the nineties flash. Um, Jay Garrick, I think gave up his powers. He gave up, he severed his connection to the Speed Force. Right, but you still don't see him anymore. Right. Right, you saw him You saw him early on in this season of Flash when Barry uh, is trying to figure out how is corrupted by the antimatter. And they're right. trying to fix him, and so he goes to see Jay Garrick. Because, you know, he's a Flash and a scientist who apparently specializes in antimatter. And it's really Jay Garrick that like kind of like... Right. It's Jay Garrick that kind of like takes off and shows us, you know, really how this is starting to build up and how these Earths are dying. Right. Because he's been tracking it. Because of course he has. Because antimatter, heavy water. (laughs) Same stuff. Uh, Yeah. So I guess I guess kind of to close out with the. The Legends episode was the finale, and keeping with the tone of Legends, it, it is kind of melodramatic in one moment, batshit crazy the next. And they do not disappoint. Bebo with the, cameo. With the, with the giant <laughs> Bebo attacking the city, which led to a lot of, a lot of jokes in that whole sequence with the Arrow, uh, Team Arrow characters. You know, it's like, is this what the crossovers are like? Yeah. No. And Sarah yeah. calling and Sarah calling uh Steel and uh shoot, I forget her name, the Time Bureau lady. Uh it's like, oh, they roped you into another crossover. Did they kidnap you? That's how it always happens. Yeah. First and, they, they ask you, then they commit a felony. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, you have this ridiculous Sargon the Sorcerer shows up, yeah. <laughs> which you know that's that's kind of one of those deep cut characters. He was in the original Crisis comics, right? Um, and then uh, you know of all the stuffed animals that you you could choose to attack the city, Bebo is off limits. Oh, got it? Yeah, <laughs> it's got to be Bebo. Yeah. Now, the way they, they ended it, I thought it was kind of cool that they turned it into a moment to have a Justice League. Mm-hmm. Or a... Whatever it's going to be. A whatever they're going to call it. And we got a nice call back to uh, the Elseworlds Star Labs facility that Barry owns that looks suspiciously like the Hall of Justice. Yes. 
where apparently they do animal experiments. Right. Apparently there are animal experiments. Uh, you know, and that was kind of another, that was kind of a shout out to the Grodd, a first appearance of Grodd's character. It was, it was nice that, that they, sh- they used the humorous, um, tie in to the old super friends mm-hmm. to shout out to, to Grodd as well. Right. Only it was the leap. Gleep. Yep. <laughs> and they, and that music cue where they played the super friends theme. Yeah. Was, was kind of a nice touch too. Um, now once we do that, we get an, we get a, a monologue from Oliver Queen before we get into the eulogy scene, um, which was which was some nice closure too for those main characters, right? Um, who kind of repeats the monitor's mono- monologue from the first episode, and we find out that when uh, Oliver Queen, under the new guise of the Spectre. Uh, reboots the universe, restarts the universe, and that it also split into a multiverse. And so we have Earth Prime, which is now the new Earth one, is the main CW Earth that contains all of the, the core shows, Black Lightning included. Though you wouldn't know from the amount of Black Lightning you got in the damn thing. Right, right. And Sorry, sorry, that... I know, I know that aggravates you. I know that aggravates you. And the guys that write Black Lightning were have been very adamant in the past of keeping Black Lightning its own thing, which is why he didn't show up until Crisis on Infinite Earths, rather than Elseworlds or any of the other crossovers. When a guy that can shoot fucking electricity out of his hands would have been damn and helpful. store it and store it and store it would have been damn helpful many times in the past. <laughs> but you know, I I, I guess I can kind of understand that they want to make sure that going forward, Black Lightning kind of stays his own thing. But they've opened up the possibilities of you know Superman Which, coming out to help him, or it's the kind Flash. of a shame because Black Lightning, the character in the show, is really good. Yeah, and yes, he does he does really well now, as that character. It, it, I think you could, if you want to keep it its thing, keep it its thing. You don't have to have Superman go and because, you know, frankly, if Superman showed up, um, it would just be over. Kinda. But, um, you know, you can keep it its thing, but let Jefferson Pierce be part of the crossovers, you know? It can't hurt because it'll, it'll get people to watch the show. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. And, you know, they might do the thing like they did for Supergirl uh, because they they crossed over the Flash to get people to watch Supergirl. Right. And and so they, you know, set those two shows up as connected. And it would be nice if uh, Black Lightning needs some upgrades to his suit and Cisco Ramon, you know, is the one that does it. You know, right. he goes to Star Labs. Because it seems he's like... He's got his own. He's got his own guy, yeah, but, you know, every once in a while, you need an upgrade that requires, you know, multiple hands. Nth metal. (laughs) Right, nth metal and shit like that, which, you know, and they've done that on the other shows where, you know, some piece of tech was needed that 
the one tech character. I think that's himself. usually just to get Cisco Ram- have an excuse to have Cisco Ramon in the crossover before he became Vibe. Yeah, but still, it's you know Carlos Valdez. I think he's great as Cisco Ramon, and it's always a it's always a pleasure when he shows up and interacts with other characters because he nails that character so hard. Yeah, I mean, he, he really inhabits vibe or Cisco Ramon. <laughs> right. Anti-Monitor, are we sold on that? Yeah. <laughs> nice little callback to the fact that Cisco likes to be the one that names things. Like, Anti-Monitor, I really don't like it. I hate it. And they do that several times over the course of the crossover. We're still calling him that? <laughs> Man, I, y'all got to consult me before <laughs> naming bad guys. So, yeah, so, so even even his brief appearances though were 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 good, even though he wasn't because of the constraints of the fucking crossover. Well, the constraints of the crossover, and goddamn, there's a lot of characters these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, they had to introduce Ryan Choi. So, you know, and they only made seven Paragons. Now, we got a lot of Lex Luthor in this crossover as well. We did. Well, I like John Cryer's Lex Luthor. Oh, yeah, he is fucking terrible. He's a douchebag. Terrible. He is such a douchebag. <laughs> Ryan Choi calls him a douchebag. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. He does. He just straight up calls him a douchebag. Next bag. time, can I just work with somebody who has at least a 200 IQ? <laughs> more more than 200 IQ points. Yeah. Like, damn, Lex. Douchebag. I thought the Book of but Destiny... he's just a douchebag. <laughs> right. Right. But, you know, the most Lex Luthor thing he did in the, in the crossover was... I thought the Book of Destiny needed a rewrite. And he pulls it, flips open the page, and on top of the the Paragon of Truth, he just wrote Lex Luthor. <laughs> he scrawled it, too. It wasn't even nicely written. He, but, yeah. He was really fun. Yeah, and, and he, had, he had a major role because he ended up being the Paragon of Truth. And I so, think that's going to be, that's going to play into Supergirl going forward. Yeah, I wonder how some of these shows are. We're, we're getting off off topic because you were going to say something about um, the new multiverse. The new multiverse. So sorry for for all that. Okay, I, I, yeah, we'll talk, we'll talk. Okay, I'll we'll talk about the new multiverse and then we'll go into going forward. Um, yeah. So so as Oliver is delivering this monologue, we get Earth Prime. We get the new Earth 2, which is kind of a tie-in to um, the Stargirl series Star. uh, featuring the a new iteration of the JSA as well as the old iteration of the JSA. Um, they, which is I, kind of like what the, what the comic was like in the 2000s. Mm-hmm. Now, I saw the trailer for Stargirl, and she, has, she finds with the, the Cosmic Rod she finds a photograph of the JSA. And it is, you know, the classic lineup, you know, Thunderbolt, Johnny Thunder, uh, Sandman, Dr. Fate, Hawkman, uh, and Jay Garrick. 
Now, the face is a little blurred in the photograph. No, Alan Scott. Alan Scott is in the photograph as well. I think the one of there's only a few members that aren't there. Like the Spectre. Wildcat is in there. Dr. Midnight. Uh, Our Man. And, Wonder uh, Woman. Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman, and the Spectre are not present. And How about Black Canary? Black, there is no Black Canary. I presume Black Canary is the one that took the photograph. That's all they show. However, the Jay Garrick in the photograph, the face is a little blurry, but he looks a little bit like John Wesley Ship. Well, I mean, Jay Garrick of Earth 2 was John Wesley Ship. Right. Well, no, Jay Garrick was from a separate Earth. Oh, he was from Earth 3. Yeah, something like that. I've, it, was, it was it was the one with uh, Zoom, wherever Zoom was from. Right. Well, no, see, it was the Earth 2 Zoom pretended to be Jay Garrick. And when they got Jay Garrick, the real Jay Garrick back, he said he was from a completely different Earth. And he right. had traveled to Earth 2. And then he got his speed stolen by Zoom. Um, yeah. So you saw, you see the Earth 2 ties it in. They do Earth 9, which is Swamp Thing from DC Universe. Uh, another Earth is Teen Titans or Titans from DC Universe. And then Earth 21 is Doom Patrol. So you got a little, uh, little bit of a kind of sort of deleted scene from Doom Patrol used to tie them in. And then you have. You know, the Green Lanterns or Occupy Another Universe. Oa. Oa. Right. And and that's how that's how they Oh, and you of course you have the ninety six Earth with Brandon Ralph doing the final redoing the final shot of Superman the movie. Where Superman is just flying above the Earth, looks into the camera and smiles before flying off. And, you know, that was a nice little touch, too, because that would have been, you know, that could have been Christopher Reeve. Right. Had he not been paralyzed and died. But, uh, yeah, going forward, we have two more episodes of Arrow. Um, We have another half season. Legends of Tomorrow is beginning. And then we have the rest of the seasons of Supergirl, Batwoman, Black Lightning. Now, that's the weird thing, is currently in Supergirl, uh, Lana Luthor mm-hmm. is uh, the villain mm-hmm. of sorts uh, because she feels slighted because Supergirl lied to her mm-hmm. about her identity. But uh, when Earth Prime becomes Earth Prime, you find out that Lana Luthor is one of your biggest supporters. Right. No, Lex. So. Uh, both of them. Yeah. Both so, of them. so they, yeah, they've kind of, <clears throat> they, they imply they're going to, they're hard or soft rebooting all the series. Right. They've so changed the status quo. Strange how the plots are going to come from here on in. Now, Flash was basically gearing up toward crisis. Mm-hmm. So you have a half season of mystery. Who knows what's going to happen? Right. Uh, Batwoman's going to continue on. Um, I don't think that one was affected at all. 
Yeah, I think she's just going to go. Plot, but she's going to go and do the thing with her sister. And... Right. Because Batwoman is that kind of show. Right. Well, obviously, Arrow is going to continue being for its to, you know, tie up the loose ends for the rest of the characters mm-hmm. um, and have the pilot for Green Arrow and the Black Canaries. Um, but going forward with Supergirl, it's kind of hard to tell what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of a curveball. Uh, and then I think probably, you know, Black Lightning's going to continue going on because they really didn't fuck with that at all either. No, not really. Yeah, they kind of left it open to throw in little odds and ends into Black Lightning, you know, concerning, you know, the Earth's, you know, merge and all that. But, uh, yeah, most most of the shows, I think, are probably just going to con- carry on with, like, reference back to Crisis, uh, but keep their main arcs going. Uh, Supergirl is the one one of the main ones that's thrown up in the air. Flash is kind of thrown up in the air a little bit because now that he's not dead, where does the team go? Yeah, well, and there was really this time around there was no overarching villain or anything mm-hmm. like there like there had been, you know, which is kind of refreshing that he doesn't have to fight yet another speedster. Right. Right. Um, Legends, because their episode was actually the first episode of their new season, uh, they pretty much get to just pick up where they left off in Crisis, and and I believe their story arc this year is, uh, like the most evil people in history got, you know, resurrected and released into the world. Oh, okay. So it's like a Star Trek episode. Yeah, so, you know, it's going to be like the Legends versus Rasputin and shit like that. So, pretty much the same thing that it always is. Yeah, just batshit <laughs> bat craziness, you know, temporal anomalies. And Bebo. And Bebo. But, you know, you, you've got a Sarah Lance that's going to be coming into this much stronger as a person. Yes. And, and much more in control as a leader. So that's probably going to be part of the new status quo for Legends is, you know, how her position is going to solidify. And, you know, she's got some issues, you know, with Oliver's death as well. That's true. So, yeah, we'll probably be seeing that something going on with that uh, in the in the non in the B plots of Legends of Tomorrow. But, yeah, overall, I thought. The episode was the the Crisis on Infinite Earth series was a great adaptation of the comics. Uh, I thought it was better than the comics. Yeah. I thought it, it accomplished more and it was easier to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, and for crying out loud, Marv Wolfman showed up. Yep, Marv Wolfman, make it out to Marv. Yep. Marv Wolfman pulled a Stanley. Mm-hmm. Shows up, shows up to get Supergirl and Flash's art of. Uh, now, who was it that posted the other side of the Adams Bebo selfie? Oh yeah, was that I don't Matt? Know. Was that Matt Galvin? It might have been. Yeah, it was. Which that that was goofy. That uh, one Ray Palmer took the selfie, 
but somehow the the reverse image of that got released so you actually see the selfie that he took and it's like right. him gritting into the camera and supergirl and flash are standing there like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> that's and how the legends roll right <laughs> And I kind of wonder if, you know, and Mia was asking the same thing, is if he actually took that selfie on that phone and then they added Bebo in. Could be. You know, as, I mean, as kind of a, a in-universe kind of gag. Because all of the actors really enjoy, like, taking pictures of each other on the set. Yeah, I think they all get along pretty much. Yeah. I might I, be wrong. Uh, at least PR-wise... Um, yeah, you know it's a tight machine. Yeah, especially the Legends characters. Appa- apparently, the all the actors in Legends are like just like real tight, and uh, they all hang out at Matt Ryan's house. They go to trivia night. Uh, I don't know if they actually go to trivia night, but I know they hang out on Matt Ryan's balcony. Little robot man. <laughs> Little <laughs> robot man. <laughs> the last, <laughs> the last song Janis Joplin ever recorded. Little robot man. Uh, Sarah, I got something to tell you. Remember when we were at Woodstock? <laughs> and I was supposed to get a lock of her hair and uh, not get caught. I got caught, and she called me Little Robot Man. So you not only lost us free drinks, <laughs> you fucked up history and lost us free drinks. So there you go. I, you know, honestly, I don't know what they can do next year. They'll think of something. I mean, yeah, they'll pr- it'll probably be a JLA JSA crossover. Uh, yeah, well, they definitely set it up to have the JLA. Why else would you have the JLA? Right, right. or the JSA? Of course, of course. The first JLA JSA crossover was called Crisis on Two Earths. Yes. <laughs> yep. All right, so that does it for Crisis on Infinite Earths. Only two episodes, not infinite episodes. Um, join us next time for something else groovy. I believe yeah. uh, we're going to well, be doing a scenario challenge, yeah? Yeah. We'll be doing this lovely dungeon. Uh, yeah, so, well, well, we'll delve into the details next time. In That's the meantime, right. I'll just keep 30 luck. That's right, and have a good night. Bye.